Good day, fellow hoteliers, and welcome to episode 211 of the Hotel Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Pete DeMeo, and today we're going to be going down the rabbit hole and talking about privacy and how iOS 14.5 could literally shake Facebook marketing to its core, 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 core. That's the lead into it, but don't take my word for it. Today, you got to take my co-host's word, and that is Jeremy Razook. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good. How are you? Good. So, uh, has your nickname ever been the Razor? No, but it has been the Razuka. The Razuka. I can see the Razuka. Every time I try to type in your last name into the show notes, it always tries to change it to Razor. That's not bad either, though. Both, both. Mine was always mayonnaise because my last name is DeMeo, so people call me mayonnaise. <laughs> yeah. So, you can either go by Razuka or the Razor. Either one is way cooler than mine. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, no, we got a, a big episode today. Uh, I know we're a little bit belated getting back to the podcast. I think we took about a week and a half, two week hiatus, but we're back. It's 2022, and I think we're starting off the year on a pretty good note. Uh, you know, hotels are all adapting to 2022, and you know the latest from all the COVID changes and whatnot. So we're heading in the right direction. Luckily, coming out of the storm, it looks like. And it looks like we might be heading into a whole nother storm, which is what Jeremy's going to talk to us about today. And that's going to be iOS 14.5. But with that, we're going to go ahead and dive right in. But we have two things to cover first. First, we have a news item, and then we have yet another 60 seconds to success. So for the news item, I have to sing the stupid old song. So here we go. With hotel marketing that cannot lose, now it's time for the Razors news a ruse. Nice. This one's for you, man. Yeah, What's the I, news I today? Like so in today's news, Google Ads launches placement reports for Performance Max campaigns. Essentially, they are going to be a little more transparent for where your ads are showing for these types of campaigns. Uh, we know Performance Max campaigns can show your ads on YouTube, uh, Discover. Gmail, search, display. So there's obviously a lot of different channels or different platforms where it can show. Um, in the past, you weren't able to see where your ads really were showing. The reporting was not great from a marketing from a marketer standpoint. Um, but now Google is inching in the right direction of adding a little more transparency uh, to the reporting for these campaigns. The data is only going to be, or the data you, the only data you'll be able to see is impressions data so you won't be able to see click data which kind of sucks but hey impressions it's better than nothing and we'll give you an idea of where your campaigns are performing best or where your ads are performing best or where they're showing the most uh, so you can make a little more insightful decisions into you know how to optimize your campaigns best yeah i like this one it's, it's finally a, a good move for for google to give us a little bit more data uh you know for, for people who aren't aware i think performance max, performance max campaigns are really a great tool to have in your paid search toolbox because you know while it's almost as easy as running a typical PPC campaign, it does expand your impressions significantly. Uh, so, like Jeremy, like if you had to say, okay, this is what Performance Max is. How how is that campaign configured, and and how does that all work? Essentially, it just runs right next to the campaigns that you're already that you're currently running, that your historical data from your ads, and it just maximizes that through Performance Max. You know, to jump in here, I would say the other thing too is it enables you to to be on platforms that you would not typically be on, YouTube particularly, right? So, you know, one of the things with Performance Max that you do have to think about is 
you have to have the assets to run on Performance Max. And that is typically going to be a pre-roll. So you know, kind of consider that as you're working on launching a Performance Max campaign. The good thing is you'll be able to see impressions and where those ads are showing. But again, you would still need to make sure that you have a wider selection of, of creative to send out or to provide to Google. And they're going to serve that as they see fit throughout basically their entire network. Right. Absolutely. All right. So good one. Everyone check, take a look at this article. It's, I think it's a good one. And also it will hopefully give some insights into what we can do to help optimize these campaigns a little bit more. But before we get into the big stuff, we have another 60 seconds to success. And Jeremy, since you haven't been on the podcast for a while, I'm going to give you a reprieve and not make you have to uh, dive in here and do this. So <laughs> let me kind of give you a quick idea. So for those just joining us, it's 60 seconds to success with Travel Boom, where I have just one minute on the clock to share a tip or a trick that's going to make your hotel marketing more effective. After 60 seconds, the buzzer goes off and we have to talk a little bit about the tip, but I have to stop after 60 seconds. All right. So back at the beginning of the pandemic, of which we do not speak, we talked at length about keeping your marketing budget as focused as possible and avoiding wasting money on services that are not needed. You know, a perfect example is, you know, our company as, as Travel Boom, we had GoToMeeting, we had WebEx, and we had a lot of other relatively expensive online meeting systems that we really didn't need. We had analytic systems that did similar things, and we had services that we were using or paying for, should I say, that we just weren't using at all. And it's been about, you know, almost two years now. And as we're heading into 2022, it's probably a good time to reevaluate your service stack and cut the fat on the ones that you're really not using or the ones that can be pared down to a more basic level. So I'd say find the tools that you're using, use and remove the ones that don't work. And if you're not using them at all, absolutely cut those out. But Look at renegotiating and look at optimizing your current marketing. Ah! I was dragging anchor a little bit. I didn't get to the very end. But if I could, I would have said, we did this internally and we saved some money at Travel Boom. And I bet they can too. Yeah, definitely. Does that, does that, the timer, does that send like a shock? Does that supposed to like <laughs> provide pain every time it goes off too? Yeah. Wait, 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 I have to hold my hand on this little buzzer. And if I take my hand off, it shocks me. So. <laughs> It's a lot like uh, Bill Murray in Ghostbusters where it just, you know, sends me a little zap. <laughs> yeah, so. I, th I think that that was a really great uh, 60 second. Um, I, absolutely. I mean, now is the time or any time. But I mean, now that the 2021 is over, um, it's a great time to prioritize, you know, where your spending is going. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's, you know, for us, you know, internally as a company and, you know, having to be responsible for you know, the expenditures, you do see a lot of things that you, that seem like a great idea and they probably are a great idea, but even if it's a tool that works, but if it's a tool you're not using, either get rid of it or make a commitment to actually start using it. Because, you know, back to the example of everyone in our office using a different uh, online meeting system, it was a complete waste. Now that Everyone is either using a Google Meet or Zoom, which is free. It's one of those things that saves us a lot. And from a hotelier's perspective, there's a ton of those tools that you know someone signs up for. It might be free. It might get charged after the fact. But either way, I think if you go through and, and cut that fat, it's going to give you a lot more money that you can put to the more effective side of your, your marketing. Absolutely. Yeah. So anyway, that is 60 seconds. I completely failed this time. I'm going to come back next week and see if I can do a little bit better. 
But if you want to keep listening and you're a podcast listener, just keep on keeping on. However, if you're listening on LinkedIn or Facebook, go over to iTunes or Google and find the Hotel Marketing Podcast and listen to episode 211, where we're going to be talking about how uh, iTunes, or I should say iOS 14.5, is going to shake up Facebook marketing. So I guess, Jeremy, if you kind of want to walk us through what happened, what did iOS 14 change and why should that scare the heck out of everybody? Essentially, what happened was Apple came out with a statement that they, we were gonna, or that they were going to allow users to d- decide if they wanted to be tracked by apps or not. And you know, it's not something that people can already do. I mean, most apps, is, and as we're going to talk today about Facebook, I mean, that's something that users could already opt out of if they wanted to um, within their own settings. But now Apple was going to make it more in your face. Once the update, the iOS update rolled out for iOS 14, uh, people started seeing or receiving their notifications. Would you like to opt out of tracking from this app or, you know, or such and mm-hmm. such? Yeah, and that's the that's the scary part, right? Is you know, if you you open up your iPhone and there was an update and it says, "Would you like to opt out of being tracked by this app?" It, it's so easy. It, I, uh, iOS has made it so easy to opt out. Jeremy, you have a stat in here, according to Apps Flyer, over 50% of app users are choosing to opt out of tracking when prompted. So you have one of the biggest ways people can connect on mobile devices, and 50% of that audience is going in completely cloaked in terms of how marketers can see what they perform, what they do, and gives our ability to remarket to those customers. It's a big deal, and a lot of marketers and you know talking heads were really bracing for impact uh, when this was first announced. Um, and as this did happen, I mean, this started rolling out earlier this year, or, or around April in the springtime. Um, it was at that point really just tracking, you know, is this really taking effect, or how is this affecting our website remarketing audiences now? You know, people visiting our websites, are they still going to be tracked? And if not, you know, how are we going to be able to determine if these websites or if these audiences are decreasing based on the new rollout? Yeah. And I think the one stat that you mentioned here is, you know, we saw a drop to as low as 21% of iOS users. And prior to this update, from a mobile perspective, our remarketing campaigns saw as much as 61% of our users using iOS devices. You know, so you had a, what, a, a you know, 66% drop roughly in our audience once this change was rolled out. It clearly had an effect. You know, our iOS users clearly saw that. And as the apps flyer data or apps flyer stat that you mentioned, um, pretty much true. People were opting out of uh, being tracked, which was certainly affecting our, you know, campaigns where we were retargeting our website users. Uh, frequencies were going up a lot higher. Um, and that meant more higher cost per clicks and other other metrics like that. Um, but yeah, it was clearly having an effect. Um, and as you mentioned, you know, iOS users that made up they made up as much as sixty one percent of our website remarketing audiences for some of our hotel clients. And then this year, we saw those audiences drop as low as twenty one percent. Well, and I think it's important to note that you know even though we saw a significant, I mean more than a significant, a massive drop in our iOS user activity. That doesn't mean that the campaigns aren't performing well. Again, twenty uh, in 2021, we had a phenomenal year compared to 2020, and in many cases compared to 2019. 
Yeah, so we really did come out of the pandemic pretty aggressively. But what we're seeing is it's an attribution issue. It's not necessarily a campaign management issue. It's not necessarily a revenue generation issue. It's literally people are going through that same process, but we're not able to see the performance that that, those campaigns are generating, which can be pretty scary, right? Right. Right. And it's prioritizing, you know, where you're spending your ad dollars on some of those uh, website retargeting audiences. You know, we, you know, or we can assume that, you know, your iOS audience is going to be a little bit lower. Your Android audience may not be as low. It may be worth, you know, testing or at least running a campaign where you can separate both of those audience types, where you're just targeting an Android audience in one and an iOS audience in the other. It's just, it's, it's really about, you know, making better decisions and smarter marketing uh, now that this type of stuff is starting to roll out. All right, Jeremy. So that's, this is good stuff. I think you know, the hotels d- still have a lot of opportunity and a lot of value in, in Facebook, but I like how in this article you put together basically six, you know, punchless items of specific campaigns and targets that you want to focus on. So let's say we just kind of go through here. We talk about each one in kind of in rapid fire succession and, give everyone you know six ways to still make Facebook marketing really work well for them. Yeah. So the, the first option would be page fans and page visitors. First party data is not affected by the iOS update. So that's something that you can, so those are an audience or audiences that you can still target. Um, so page fans and visitors, it works well for remarketing, you know, remarketing people who like your property enough to like your property's Facebook page. So, I mean, I think that's a highly valuable audience that you can go after. Yeah. So for starters, people that like your hotel enough to become a fan of its Facebook page are certainly worth reconnecting with. Yeah, that's actually brings up a good point because I don't know if we made it very clear. This primarily impacts your very broad reach campaigns, right? Do you, so if I do a a light campaign or a, a general call to action campaign, those are the ones that really can fall into a black hole with the iOS device, right? Gotcha. Okay. Well, cool. Yeah. So page and fans, page fans and visitors is number one. What's number two? Uh, number two would be anyone that has interacted with your Facebook page or Facebook posts. So this kind of takes a next step from the page fans and visitors. So essentially you can layer on top of, you know, your page fans and remove your page fans that are cold, who haven't really interacted with your Facebook page in any given amount of time that you want to, or as as much as you're allowed to when you're creating your audiences um, and taking an next step and targeting those page fans that have interacted with your Facebook page. And honestly, that's something that we, you should be doing this already. It, this is one of those things where if you have someone who's starting to interact with your Facebook page and click on your post and, and read stuff, and we, I was talking about video in a little bit as well, but if you have people who are starting to show that heightened level of interest, they need to go into that list to really get targeted aggressively because the only reason someone starts interacting with a hotel's Facebook page is literally for one reason, that they're planning a vacation at some point. Right. And yeah, I mean, and those that's a warm audience that you're looking at too. You know, they're engaged, likely more likely to click on your ads and to make a booking further down the line or very close to making a book. Perfect. Which What else do we have? Uh, number three, Number three, 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 three. three, 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 three. <laughs> yeah. Would be anyone that has watched videos on your Facebook page. This is a pretty great one. So if you're posting video con- content to your Facebook page, which honestly you should already be posting con- video content to your Facebook page. It's something that Facebook prioritizes within organic results. And it's it 
makes a lot of sense for paid advertising as well. Posting video content to your Facebook page can help you build your audiences for remarketing. What you can do is you can choose a percentage or amount of time that someone has watched your videos or a video um, to be included in your audience. Let's say somebody watches, let's go 75% of your video. You know, those people are probably more likely or more interested in what you have to offer. Uh, you can create an audience based off of that and retarget them with you know, a deal or any sort of conversion-based ad and get them to book. And this, is, this one's a good one too because this is people who are not necessarily people who are following you or you know, fans of your page or anything along those lines. These are people who are simply exposed to a video of yours at some place. Is that correct? Right. I mean, if they could have visited your Facebook page and they could have seen your video. They could have seen your video through a shared post from somebody on their timeline. Yeah. It's however they watched it. Um, they, however they watched your video, doesn't matter if they watched it, then you can add them to your, that audience. See, that's awesome. And then really, I mean, that's from a retargeting perspective. That's the, that's the Holy grail of what you should be focusing on. But there's also several things I think that you can be doing that are not necessarily related to your existing fans and followers, people that are just associated with those groups of people, right? And so that would get us into our next option, uh, which would be interest-based targeting. Number 4444, interest-based targeting, targeting, targeting. So interest-based targeting, you know, it's, I think it's, that's, a, it's pretty, that's pretty well known. Usually these are your colder audiences, but if you can identify the personas that fit your typical hotel guest, then you can always reach new people. Like I said, it's these are typically your colder audiences, um, better suited for higher higher funnel campaigns. But it's something that you can still find your in, your audiences that create an audience uh, based off of interests that fit your hotel guest persona, and you can layer that on with demographic targeting and geographic targeting as well, just so you can reach the right people. Very nice. All right, on to number five, 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 five. five, five. Number five is funnel-focused advertising with first-party data. So this one is really just taking what we've already mentioned before, but creating your own funnel uh, using all this first-party data. And it's and you can do it. It's pretty once you get used to it, or once you get it set up, it's pretty easy to use, or pretty easy to set up that funnel. What makes Facebook so powerful is it does have the ability to work as a conversion funnel. Um, when you combine targeting options that we've already listed. Uh, you can successfully move people further down your purchasing funnel without ever having to worry about website retargeting. I think the example in the article is if you serve a video ad to an interest-based audience, that can lead to finding more qualified users uh, based on how long they've watched the video. And from there, you have an, a new remarketing audience based on the, those who've watched the video. Essentially, just you're continuing to push them down the funnel by serving them a different, another ad, you know, maybe something like an offer or something. Essentially, creating your own funnel within Facebook. That makes sense. That's a really good one. So, I, I am a big fan of the last one you have on the list here. So, I want to spend, let's spend some time talking about number <laughs> six, 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 six. So, number six are email lists. Now, good old email lists, um, and it's something that you should always be taking advantage of. It's your first. It's your first party data. There's no reason why you shouldn't be taking advantage of it. As long as you're taking advantage of marketing strategies to get t direct bookings, which we have an article on that as well on our travelboom.com website, and as long as you're using a reliable PMS, uh, you should have a growing list of guests that you can retarget. 
This one's so, so important. And, and there's, I think there's a couple of things that we really want to hit on here. One is you can get your email list out of any type of platform that you have. It might take you one or two extra steps, but you can absolutely get it done. And the other thing too is this is not a once and done thing either. So what you do is once you first get your list, you upload it into, in this case, Facebook, but there you also make sure you're doing your, your email list for, for Google and every other platform that's out there. So we're targeting those people that way. But then every month or so, as your database grows and as people transition on and off the database, you want to make sure you're getting them updated in all your platforms. And that's really important because a lot of times what will happen is you'll, you'll add it and then all six, six, eight months goes by. If you haven't re-updated that database, you're marketing to people that were a snapshot of who was active in a target for your property eight months ago. And you always want to make that very recent because as we know, people have a very tight turnaround now between the, or the lag time between the, the shopping, the booking, and eventually the stay. Anybody you're marketing to that was six months ago, they've already visited. They may not be interested at all, but you're still spending hard-earned money to get that person re-engaged. It's not necessary. Absolutely. And another tip that is not in the article, but as a, I'll say as a thank you for sticking around and listening to the podcast. Are you you um, over-delivering? I am over-delivering right now. All right. But as, you know, as we're talking about email lists, you know, it's, it's not always Facebook isn't always obviously it has to match an email with a Facebook account, which sometimes people don't always use the same email that they're using with their on their Facebook account that they're using to you know make a reservation. It happens. Um, one thing that you can do if you are running lead ads through Facebook, it's a very reliable way to retarget your email lists is if you are getting your emails or getting leads through your through lead ads through Facebook is that you can create an audience of people who opened your lead form and who submitted their email through that lead form. Essentially, you're taking out the equation of having to resubmit your email list to retarget so Facebook can match that email to a Facebook account. You're taking that out of the equation and just creating an audience right there from that lead that you can use instantly. That makes sense. Very nice. Well, man, that's awesome. Uh, so we have a uh, six plus one of things that we can do to, to beat iOS 14.5. So do you think that this is something that we're going to see Android do in the near future? Or is this, do you think it's more focused specifically for, for iOS devices moving forward? Or should we just expect this from now on? Well, I know. I mean, every, uh, even Google ads, I mean, there's tons of different platforms that are starting to get more focused on terms of privacy and, you know, meeting privacy demands. Yeah. I'm not going to say no. I uh, And I wouldn't be surprised if it did happen. Yeah. So it seems like e- either way, get used to this shift in marketing and get this used to this shift in your retargeting campaigns because, you know, e- even if they don't do it, you better plan on them at some point starting to. You know, we Absolutely. don't necessarily know. Like, like from Google's perspective, they're not always going to be 100% transparent about what they, you know, do or don't do in terms of, of privacy. But we do know that if, if Google does it, the rules won't apply to them. So, you know, they'll ha- still have, you know, full access to all user data. And you know, as long as you stay in your, their ecosystem, I'm sure you can uh, still target pretty effectively. Yeah. But, uh, well, this is good stuff, Jeremy. Thank you very much. Uh, 
like I said, this is from an article that Jeremy just posted, which is how to win at Facebook marketing for hoteliers post iOS 14. Definitely check this one out. Share this one with your team and make sure that you're thinking about this as you're running your campaigns. Because the good news is, is your campaigns may still be doing very well. But what we don't want you to do is kill a campaign prematurely simply because the new privacy world we live in may not be necessarily tracking everything that's that's working well for you. But there you go. That is episode 211. So if you want more information, go to travelboommarketing.com slash podcast and click on episode 211 for the show notes and more. If you want to connect with us, we're at travelboommarketing.com. You can find us on Facebook at Travel Boom Marketing, Twitter's at underscore Travel Boom, and LinkedIn, which is probably the best place, is Travel Boom Marketing as well. But Jeremy, if they wanted to connect with you and kind of see how your baby's doing and if she's getting better, uh, where can they go? Um, they can find me at Twitter at Jeremy Razook, R-A-Z-O-O-K. Perfect. And and for, for people who probably didn't, don't hear uh, his little baby crying a little bit, she's a little bit sick, so... We all hope she yeah. feels better soon. Thank you. But, all right. And you can uh, find me at Pete DeMaio, P-E-T-E-D-I-M-A-I-O on LinkedIn's probably the best place. And like I said, you can find us collectively at Travel Boom Marketing. So there you go. We have another show in the books for 2022. And we'll be back very soon with another episode with the latest hotel news tricks or news tips, tricks, and all kinds of stuff to, to keep you marketing at your best. And Travel Boom is out. Uh-huh.